Father Lord, we thank you for just being in your presence here. Thank you for calling us to you. Thank you because you're here with us. For your word says we're two or three are gathered in your name that you're present. We pray that even as we share the word, oh God, that our hearts will be illuminated with wisdom. Father, our, our minds will be full of joy and, and knowledge of who Amen. you are, oh God. And even in the presence of your word, we are transformed in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Praise God. So today we'll be sharing and then we'll be praying. And of course, we're still on repentance. You know, it was interesting when I asked uh, Stephanie what's the theme and she she sent me a message, repentance with capital letters all through. I think there was an exclamation mark at the end. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, like sound the alarm. The trumpet, the prophet is, is in his holy hill speaking repentance, repentance. Um, and so I said, why, why is everything in caps? Why are you screaming repentance at me? And she's like, well, the word speaks for itself. Like, it has no long thing. It's not the long phrase. It's just repentance, right? Um, and, and so today we're coming to basically hear what God is saying to us concerning repentance, because it is in the heart of God that all may come to repentance that all may come to repentance. And when we go through the Bible, we see uh, when Jesus walked upon the face of the earth. Um, sorry, please, if, if uh, you, you can mute, it will help everyone to just sort of uh, concentrate. Uh, Jesus walked upon the face of the earth, preaching repentance, 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 you know. And I think the... the I don't have a title of my message, but there's a theme around repentance because repentance is such a broad, broad um, topic. If we speak about repentance, you, your mind can start going to all the million and one things that call for a soul to be repentant, you know, and you, you, know, you could start thinking of all kinds of sin and all kinds of offenses, and we could be on it till the Lord comes. You know, but as I prayed, it was as though he was leading me on, on the paths of repentance that spoke about overt and covert sin. So the, the two types of sin that was highlighted in my spirit was the overt and the covert sin. And he said, you know, let's, let's learn about repentance from both. So I'm just going to start with the meaning of repentance. If you go through the dictionary, and uh, I'm using the Oxford Dictionary, it says repentance is the action of repenting, sincere regret or remorse. That's the English word of it, right? The English meaning of it, the action. So it's a doing word, right? There's an action of repenting, sincere regret or remorse. And then there's another definition that was in a Christian on a Christian website. I don't remember which one it is now, but it says each person who turns to God in genuine repentance. No, no. Okay, so the each person who turns to God in genuine repentance is an example from the Oxford Dictionary, right? To talk about um, what repentance is. Then the definition from the Christian website says to repent means to be convinced of another way to change your mind or convictions. So, um, you know, all through the Bible for the, I'm not a Bible, I'm not a theologian or a Bible scholar, but I know 
that the word is metanoia. And that metanoia word is a change of mind, to change your mind, to change your mind. So repentance comes from a changing of your mind. And we also see that from the root word, the dictionary meaning says, there's an action that comes with changing your mind. So the website says to repent, the meaning says to repent means to be convinced, convic convinced of another way to change your mind or convictions. And in response to be convinced, convinced in your mind and heart to change your action. So when the conviction happens in your heart, then there's a corresponding change of action. Repentance means turning away from your own way to going God's way. So um, repentance is a changing of your mind and a changing of the and a corresponding changing or the corresponding actions that come along with changing of your mind, right? But we also need to understand what repentance is in context of who is repentance for. Repentance is for the sinner. Repentance is uh, for the person that has indulged or has committed sin. Um, the same way you say salvation is for the lost, right? Salvation is not for the saved. And a doctor is for the sick. A doctor is not for someone that is well. Repentance is for the person that has been, you know, indulgent in sinful ways or a sinner. And we're going to be reading through scriptures before we pray. We're going to spend a lot of time praying, you know, but we're going to pray from um, a place of revelation where we understand what the Lord is saying to us with regards to repentance. So I, I had mentioned that when, when I started praying about this, it was as though the Lord was highlighting overt and covert sinful nature, right? And the word overt speaks to something being done openly, being shown. So it's plain and it's apparent, right? Um, while covert, which is the opposite word of it, the antonym is something that's not openly acknowledged or displayed right so it's more subtle it's hidden it's being done but it's not openly acknowledged or displayed so you know he, and he drew me to the story of the prodigal son very interesting uh, parable that we've all known since we were little children and what was interesting about it is that also because this weekend as well i had heard a teaching about the prodigal son so it was quite interesting that you know the way it is and i don't know if it happens with you the lord will highlight the scripture to you, or then you now hear it somewhere in a teaching, then you now open the message and that's the scripture being shared. You know, you just know that there's something in there that God is speaking about in, in that season. And because he's a multidimensional God, you would hear the message and he's speaking to something else. And then when he takes you into it and begins to teach you, he's now showing you different um, aspects of it, right? Now, we're going to open the book of Luke, and we're going to read um, from Luke chapter 15. Now, we're going to read the whole of Luke chapter 15. We'll go through it very quickly because there are the, um, every part of Luke chapter 15 speaks to what we will be praying with, but we will also now focus on the story of the prodigal son that starts from verse 11 to 32. So um, if you have your Bibles, please open Luke chapter 15, and we will read from there. Okay. Okay. So I'll read. 
Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes complained, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable to them, saying, Remember, please take note of the so he spoke. The so there was highlighted as well to me by the Spirit of God. So he spoke this parable to them, saying, what man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulder, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99, over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Verse 8, the parable of the lost coin. Or what woman having 10 silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together saying, rejoice with me for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God and over one sinner who repents. Verse 11, the parable of the lost son. Then he said, a certain man had two sons and the younger of them said to his father, father, give me the portions of good that fall to me. So he divided to them his livelihood and not many days after the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land and he, be, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of the country and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. And I am no longer worried to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he rose and came to his father. But he was still a great way off. His father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer worried to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, Bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and the sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. Now his older son was in the field and he came and drew near to the house. He heard music and dancing. He called one of the servants, asked him what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come. And because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the father cow. But he was angry and will not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I may marry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the father cow for him. And he said to him, son, you're always with me and all I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. God bless the reading of the word. So when we go through scriptures, when we go through this uh, Luke chapter 15, we see that in the first part where he says that the tax collectors came 
and the, the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him. Those were the obvious sinners of those days. Everyone, uh, um, through a lot of uh, stories of Jesus, you keep hearing about tax collectors. You know, obviously they were obviously known for corruption, extortion, and all, all whatnot, right? Um, the way that you would see some of the bad politicians um, that we have in, in Nigeria or in the world today. And then he said, and the Pharisees and the scribes complained saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So also in that whole mix, we had the Pharisees and the scribes who were supposed to be the religious leaders of the time and all whatnot, and supposedly the righteous ones, right? And then the Bible says, so he spoke this parable to them. That so there speaks of, because of this mix of people that were there, he spoke this parable. That's why that so is there. You know, if he said, if he had said, and he spoke this parable to them, it could mean another thing, which is okay. This, this was the flow of the day. And I said, so, so because of these people, he spoke this parable to them. And so when I began to read that story of the prodigal son, God was saying to me, they had a, a collection of different kinds of sinners in his midst, right? In the midst of Jesus. He had the tax collectors and the sinners, those ones, they even call them sinners in the Bible. And so those were the covert sinners, as it were, the ones that were obviously living in sin. And then you had the Pharisees and the scribes, which were the, like the overt sinners. So, sorry, actually, the, the overt sinners are the ones that, you know, are obviously living in sin. And then the covert sinners are the ones that is not apparent. Your actions are not apparent. They are not openly displayed, right? Those were the covert sinners. And those Fell, the people that fell into that category were the Pharisees and the scribes and the, the so-called religious leaders of the time. And so he gave them the parable of, um, of the prodigal son. So first of all, the first two parables were very clear. It spoke about the lost, right? The lost coin, the lost sheep. And in those parables, you would hear, you know, how important repentance is to God. It is in the mind and in the heart of the father let us not be confused. Let us not be deceived. It is God's desire. And it is the real, that is the only reason he sent his son Jesus down on earth here to come and save the lost sheep, to come and save the lost soul. That person that has, you know, fallen from grace, that person that is in, walking in sin, that person that is so weak and is not unable to do that which is right. I have come to save you because you need saving. It is in the heart of God. It is paramount to him. And that's why Jesus shared this um, parables, you know, to just sort of show them the extent and the intensity of how important it is in the heart of God that, look, I am ready to leave this 99 and run after this one lost sheep. And I'm going to, you know, put everything in it until I find this lost sheep. And he said, when I find this sheep, I'm telling you guys, there'll be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just people who do not need repentance. He's just trying to tell you that, look, the gravity of this thing, it is heavy, it is weighty. This is like my sole assignment here, that that one person is of value to me, of more value to me than the person that does not need. Because the person that does not need repentance is fine. I'm with the person, we are good, there's no problem. This one that is lost is the person I'm going after. The same thing with the parable of the lost coin, right? And it speaks about how the woman is going to do everything possible, light the lamp, 
get a broom sweep under the chair. You know, you don't wait is maybe something valuable falls under the bed. You have to go get a mop stick and try and bring it out. Bring your phone light, shine on it until you find it. And then he says, there'll be more rejoicing in heaven. And as it, so from those parables were spoken for the overt sinners, those ones are these ones, you people are, we're dwelling in sin. We know we are sinners. We are, we are, we are doing wrong. We are doing bad by God. I, I don't even know what to do. I can't help myself. I'm constantly angry. I'm always lying. I live in fornication. I am an adulterer. You know, I, there's idolatry in my life. I love money more than anything else in this world. You know, just those things that are just obvious to us. And if we're not sure, look to the Ten Commandments or look to the commandments that speak of love. Everything else that is against love, you know, that we're working in, and those are the apparent sin. Then he went into the, the, the story of the prodigal son. And in that parable there, we see two types of sinners in quote. And I'm using the word a bit loosely. So don't think of it in the wittiness of sinner, evil, bad, you know, and all of that sin so you're doing things that are not in alignment with the will of the father and so you're living in sin that is sin right and the the younger son said i want my share of the inheritance daddy i want to move on you know i want to live my life i want to be independent right i want to do i want to do me as they will say in this generation let me just do me you know give me my own money i don't want to be here you know, but what he did not understand is that when you are working, when you are, when you're with the father, when you live, you when you you and the father are together, you are supposed to be dependent on the father. God seeks for us to have a dependency on Him. Jesus said it. He says, "I do nothing of my own. Everything I do is from the father." That's what makes us children of God. That's what makes, makes us sonship. And so he asked for his own share of the wealth and he left, right? Thinking I've gotten my own, you know, but it was when he collected his that he understood that there was something like lack and that there was something like dishonor. He did not have enough to eat. He did not have enough to leave. He was so dishonored that he, he was taken to work with pigs that he would have never experienced in the presence of his father, in his father's house, even if he didn't have any of the possession to his name as per se, right? So every time we begin to take a path that is different from the path of authority over our life, you know, is as you start to walk in misalignment and you've just exposed yourself to a, a sinful life, a sinful life in the kingdom of God. God wants us to live with him and to walk with him with a mindset of access and stewardship. Everything is mine. Everything belongs to the Lord. The cattle on a thousand hill belongs to the Lord. Everything belongs to him. All you need is access. All you need is your ability to steward the things that are there with you. Me and you are one. That's what the father is saying to us. But when the prodigal son came and asked for his inheritance, right? He took a percentage of something and left. Whereas he could have dwelled in the presence of the father and had 100%. 100% of everything that the father had. So, of course, we know the rest of the story. He goes off, he starts to squander his money. He starts to live a promiscuous life because we see later on in the parable where his brother says, you know, he was spending his money with harlots. He began to live in maybe greed, in gluttony, 
in promiscuity, in, in, in lack of self-control, no constraint, no restraint. And it was just obvious that, look, this boy was living in sin. That was our overt sinner in this story, right? He was the apparent sinner. And then he finally comes home and we will speak to repentance. But I want to talk about the covert sinner. The covert sinner in this story was actually his older brother who was in the house with the father, but still didn't even understand his place. Didn't understand that, look, this everything in this house is mine. Everything in this house belongs to me because me and the father are one and I have access to everything. And so he became disgruntled. He became resentful because he saw that his father had, you know, uh, forgiven his brother, you know, and he stood in judgment of another person. You know, he had a sense of self-righteousness. Look at me that has been here. Daddy, I've been serving you. You haven't even given me a, a boat to celebrate with my friends. Hang on. Do you even know that you could have taken a fat cow and celebrated with your friends? You just didn't understand your place in your father's house. You know, and that in itself, is sin. Your inability to see you the way your father sees you. And a lot of Christians today, we suffer from that same loss of identity and identity crisis. God is saying, you're my child. No, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to be your child. You are my child. I will wash you with the blood. But, you know, some of us want to be more righteous than the Holy Spirit. You, I can't come, you know, I don't want to be. There's a difference between having a healthy reverence of God and now forming self-righteousness, where you now disown yourself from the, from the love of the Father. And that in itself is sin. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. It is by faith that we please God. Many times in the scriptures, the, the Pharisees, the scribes were angry with Jesus. But it was sometimes, sometimes it was about the things he did that seemed that, seemed that though he broke the law. So maybe he healed a person on the Sabbath day and like, oh, that is wrong. You're not supposed to do that. The, those were the obvious sins, the apparent sins. But many times there were things he did that if they asked them, it was hard for them to explain. How dare he say he's the son of God? How can he say he's the son of God? It was so annoying to them, the audacity. And that's the audacity God wants us to all come into. You are my child. You are the son of the sovereign God. And that is where the second son, he lacked the faith to understand his place in his father's house. He lacked the, he lacked the knowledge, the discernment. He, he just didn't get the memo. You know, I had... A, a preacher say that the, the story of the prodigal son is not a story of one good son and one bad son. It's the story of two sons. <laughs> it's the story of two sons that are doing the same thing, but in different expressions. They just had different expressions of it. One was more, you know, apparent and, and um, overt in his ways. And then the other one was, you know, covert in his ways. I'm in the house. He was in the house, but he did not know that the house was his. He was in the house, but he did not know that the things in the house were his. He did not know that he had 100% access. So he was in the same position as the other boy that left. It's just that the other boy that left had the liver to go and ask his father, give me my own, let me move. But that other one was in the house and saying, there's nothing in this house that belongs to me. Now, wow, now, wow. now they've gone to kill, you know, good for my brother. And his father reprimanded him and said, no, come on. Don't you know that everything I have is yours? So I just wanted to paint this picture of the type of sins that we sometimes fall into. And you know, we, if we begin to think of 
some of those things, they might not be as apparent as, it, it, you know, some of them come in the form of maybe disbelief. So you're not, you're not, uh, you're not a drunken stupor. You're not, um, you're not a greedy person. You're not corrupt in your ways. You're not promiscuous. You're not fornicating. You're not adult. You're not, you're not an adulterer. You're not killing someone. All of that. You're not bike, but um, backbiting someone, right? But you've just stopped believing that God can fix you and fix the problems in your life without knowing you're still a Christian. You still love the Lord. You still come and pray. But when it comes to matters of faith, you're unable to exercise faith and, and, and believe him for the impossible. You're unable to believe that he's going to sort out your house rent coming up, even though you don't even have up to 10% of that money in your account. You don't believe that he's able to give you that promotion you've desired for five years in a week before the year is over. You don't, you're not saying that you don't believe him, but in your heart of heart, when you set your heart, you know that you're not just able to extend your faith to do it. Are you taking on faith projects? That's things that are bigger than you, bigger than you could have ever imagined in your life. You're not able to because you're like, I don't want God to just come and fall his hand here now. You know, me and God are friends. We are cool. I love him so much. But you know, these prayers we've been praying, 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 praying. He's not answering. If I now believe him for this one, he'll just fall my hand now. And I don't want it. I don't want to come and be feeling bad. You know, there are some relationships we have like that. Like, this is my friend. I like her, but her wahala is too much. Please, I don't want to do any money transaction with her. I don't trust her with money. Let's just keep the friendship. Let's just keep the friendship and know that we love each other. We'll go for movies together. We will just we'll laugh, you know, all of that. But you see anything that has to do with investment, I'm not interested in discussing because you just scatter this our relationship. That's the kind of relationship some of us have with God. And we, we don't understand, we don't know that it's sinful before him because the Bible clearly says without sin, it is impossible to please God because they that come to him must know that he is and he's a rewarder of those, those that diligently seek him. And so a lot of Christians today are walking in covert sin without knowing you know, sometimes it even makes you wonder, it's even better that you're overexing because at least that one, everyone knows you're a sinner. So perhaps the pastors, Pastor Stephanie, Pastor Insi, they can come for you. This person is living a sinful life. Let's go and help her before she kills herself. You understand? And then those ones, they will now rush for you to come and preach salvation to you. But some of us that are living seemingly righteous lives, like the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes, and then in our hearts of hearts, we are sinning because we are not able to exercise faith. That's one example. Sometimes it might be that slight thing of envy you have in your heart. And you're like, no, no, it's not like, you know, I'm happy for her. Or, I'm happy for her. It's just that me, I'm just wondering why every time it's only her that things are happening for. And you're not dealing with that envy at its root. That that is just a green-eyed mustard waiting to grow, you know. And so these are the kind of things that God is calling us to now. That we're going to pray so that our heart, you know, there'll be a peeling of our heart. Like, God, search my heart. You know, David always used to pray that prayer. Like, shine a torchlight on my heart. Search my innermost heart, my inner, 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 inner heart. That place where, you know, I, I'm not even, I don't think that my mind is able to go into, you know. And see if there's anything in me that displeases you. David knew how to pray those kind of prayers. And those are the kind of prayers we need to learn to pray. 
we need to learn to pray. And so when we, you know, when you, you read that scripture, you see that Jesus, you know, when those Pharisees and, and, and co said, why is he always with sinners? He said, and so he shared these parables with them. It just begins to tell you that when Jesus speaks, he doesn't speak to defend. He's not just speaking to defend the accused. And you see it all across the Bible. When he drops the word, in fact, it's not when he drops the word. He was the word. He is the word. When that word is released, it sets us, it raises a standard. And that standard, you yourself, you'll be convicted by it. So plus the overt sinner plus the covert sinner is being judged in that instance. The Pharisees themselves are being judged. And that's why he shared those um, parables with them. Like, find yourself in this story. You are in this story. Yes, maybe these obvious sinners are the lost sheep. They are the lost coin. But hey, you, you're the senior brother in this prodigal story. Find yourself in this story. And that's what God is saying to us today. You know, what are the sins that we do? Well, the obvious ones are the sins against the law of, of, of uh, God, which is love, really. Everything is summed up in love. So everything we do that is outside of love. So love is patient, it's kind, it forgives all, it hopes all, it believes all. And so everything that is reverse of that is sin, right? So impatience, anger, wrath, envy, pride, boastfulness, those ones are the obvious sins. We know those ones, and I'm sure that we've heard and prayed about those ones in, in the past times, right? Then you have the, the other types like faithlessness, which we've spoken about, right? Your ability to believe God for the things that you've prayed and hoped for. You've prayed for that spouse to repent. You've prayed for them to begin to walk in fire and power for 10 years. You're not seeing anything yet, and you're beginning to lose faith without knowing that the Holy Spirit will search our hearts today and bring us into a place of true repentance, you know? Then the, the sin of rebellion, pride, of ownership. You want to have, or you, you want that spirit of ownership. And in the kingdom of God, you, you know, owners are re rebels. That's what they are, really. You want, you want to be an owner. You're a rebel because God owns everything. He just says, come, you have access. Steward it well. Don't try to own, you know. And these are things we're going to be dealing with in this, in this prayer now. We're going to spend time and just pray that God just search my heart. Those things inside of me that are not even apparent, the apparent sins, yes, and then the, the ones that are not apparent, call me into a place of repentance. Help me, Father. You know, let my dependency be on you. I want to be a child of God. What does it mean to be a child of God? You're first a child. And what is a child? A child is someone that is dependent on the Father. Your, de your dependency is on your parent until you reach the age of maturity. In fact, there are full-grown adults that still have dependence, dependency on their parents. There are some things that I'm still dependent on my mother for. Like, for example, when I go to give birth, she has to come and help me do omugo. That's how you remember that I'm still a child. She will come and help me because maybe if it's my first pregnancy, like when I had my first child, totally clueless as to what to do with the baby. And then your mother becomes, becomes that Father figure, I am using father figure like generally as a parent to help you, you know, and to teach you, reminding you that you are a child. And sometimes when my mom comes to visit and my children are like, mommy, 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 you know, children, sometimes I tell them, you guys call my name 1,000 times a day. My mother will now shout, happen on one more, like, leave my child for me, oh, leave my child for me, oh, you will kill her, this her grandchildren, you know. And, and, I, and, I, and I'll be smiling cheekily at them and I'll tell them, 
okay, you could think you're you are the only people that have mommy. I have a mommy too. I have a mommy too, you know. And my daughter will be laughing and like, no, you're my mommy. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I have a mommy too. So being a child is beautiful and it's sweet. Sometimes I'm, it, some of us want to be adults of God, not children of God. And I, it just makes me wonder why. Why ownership and, and, and being independent is so hard and it's so costly. You pay a huge price for it. Today, God is calling us into dependency in him. Dependency on him, sorry, that we are truly his children. So we're going to pray in a minute, but I just wanted to tell us there are steps to repentance because this prayer reign this season is a call to repentance. And so that we need to know what are the actionable steps that we need to take. If we look at the life of the prodigal son, he first of all entered into realization of his sinful position. He had to sit down and say to himself, hey, I'm in a bad place. Hey, this is not looking good. That's okay, che, che, che. That's what my people will say. Like, I would think this, I have to think this deep thought about this situation. Because if you don't even realize that you are in a place that is not right before the eyes of the father, how would you even come to repentance? And so it starts with a heart work, your realization of your sinful nature. And then he now came to step two, determination or decision, right? And in that step two, he had to take a decision that mm, this position, I mean, is not good because I need to do something about it. So the realization was, his, he realized his position. The decision was, the determination and decision stage was, I need to go back to my father. My father's house, even the slaves are eating well. What am I doing here? You know, what am I doing here? I need to do something about it. So there are some people that get to realization stage and they can't transition to determination or decision making. They're like, I'm, I'm, just too, I'm just too far gone. I'm lost. I don't even know where to start from. And they just decide, let me just continue in this direction. There's some Christians or maybe some Christians that have backslided. And then some people that are just living in sin are like, where do I start from? You know, I, I, I can't leave this life you're calling me to now, you know? And they just continue in that part. But when you come to decision stage, right? And you now said, I'm going to change my ways. It starts from your heart. Then you now, step three, visible action. You take those steps towards the right direction. He got up and he moved. Instead of finding his way home. I need to go back home, you know? So the repentance comes with an action. And remember the first definition we gave. It says it comes with action. A change of mind that has corresponding action. He stood up and said, I'm going back home. And then when he got halfway through, ah, the loving father, the prodigal father, as, as one of my mentors says, he's the prodigal father. He, he had lavish with his love, almost wasteful with his love. He ran from his own house halfway through to meet his, his son. And that's what God calls us into when he calls us into repentance. Just take that first step. Don't think of how you're going to arrive from being this terrible, sinful person to being PI. Just take a first step, first of all. And then the father runs to meet you halfway through. In some of our cases, you have not even 10% that you've just started walking 10%. He does the 90% to come and capture you. He said, well done. You've just taken the step out of the enemy's door. I'm here for you. I'm waiting for you. The remaining 90 years, I'll take you home. And that's how God is to us. That's when he calls us to repentance. Our prayer today is not sin-focused. I was just laying the foundation so that we understand the different places that we are in. 
But the, the, the message today is, I love you so much. One step out of that place, I'm there to catch you. I have everything ready for you. Helicopters to save you, arsenals, everything garrisoned around you to bring you back home, you know? And then he opened his mouth and he asked for forgiveness. There was a speaking, Father, forgive me. I, I, you know, I've done wrong. And then the fourth step, which is the final step, which is walking in that newness of life. Repentance is not just when you ask for forgiveness and say, this person has forgiven me that you do. You know, sometimes my children say, sorry, mommy. Sorry, mommy, they've done something. Sometimes I tell them, don't do this thing again. Don't do it again. I'm sorry, mommy. Then maybe I, I, I'm ignoring the person. Mommy, I'm telling you sorry and you're not responding to me. I said, I don't want your sorry. You know why I don't want your sorry? Your, your, the best story you can give me is just tell, stop doing it. If I've told you to stop doing this, then just stop doing it so that you don't have to tell me sorry. What am I doing with sorry? Is it money? Don't, just, this, the best story you can tell me is that you stop doing, okay, sorry, mommy. Okay, I've accepted it. We'll stop doing it. That's repentance. Know that some of us will do, 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 say sorry. We'll come back tomorrow again. Say, God, sorry. We'll come again. Next day we cry. Next day we lie on the floor. We keep doing it. Repentance is change your ways. Change your mind. Change your way. And so we're going to start praying. We're going to start praying. And our first prayer is that, Lord, let the light of your love illuminate the hidden areas in our hearts that make us fall into unobvious sins, covert sins, as it were. Lord, that's shine, shine that light. Like it's a prayer that, like the prayer that David prayed. That let the light flood my life. Let it flood my heart. Let it illuminate all the hidden areas, all the look and cranny, all the things inside of me that are displeasing to you. The times that I've walked in unbelief, the times that I've walked in faithlessness, the times that I've had a streak of envy inside of me, and it's always not outright jealousy. I just feel like, no, I'm a good person. I'm not, I'm not jealous, you know, but there's that streak of envy inside of me. That just sort of doesn't make me arrive at a place of joy concerning other people. Father, Malabadosa, Stephanie, please unmute. Let's let's start to pray. Help me to come into a place of realization of the things that I do that are not right for you. This is a hard work, la preta dosaha. It is a hard work, la bete de bete de bete. Shine the light inside of my heart, O God. May Fatura Bade Badusha Regadisa, Legale Magada Boko Shigede, Marabaka, Mirabede Bede Beda, Ragadosa, Lebeteya Dusaha, bring to full exposure, O God. Conviction, 
that I may come to the realization just like the prodigal son, oh God, a realization, oh God, of my situation, that I may pray right, that I may action right, Hallelujah. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles 7 14, that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I'll forgive their sins and heal their land. It still goes back to the actions of repentance. It starts from us realizing. It starts from the heart. If they humble themselves and pray, if we humble ourselves from prideful ways and realize that we are not in a good place and pray and seek his face, that is the action. Seek his face and turn another action, another verb. You see a lot of doing words inside of here. I will hear from heaven and I will heal their life. Now, our next prayer is that the Holy Spirit will convict our hearts in humility, that we come in humility, that he, 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 he humbles us, that he humbles us, that we may truly seek forgiveness no, and that. repentance. Let us begin to raise our voices in prayer and say, Holy Spirit, give us the humility to repent truly, that we repent from our sinful ways. We pray that our hearts are convicted today in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that brings conviction to the hearts of man because without the presence of the Holy Spirit, man will live in sin and be, and, and be dead. We'll be dead to the things of God. We'll be dead to righteousness. But the Bible says that the Holy Spirit comes and brings convictions and that so that we are no longer dead in sin. That we are now dead in sin but we walk in righteousness. Holy Spirit, convict my heart of sin that I may truly seek forgiveness and repentance from God in the name of Jesus. Let 
God, I am called by your name. I am a child of God. I pray that the Spirit of God may wash me with water and with fire and bring me down to humility, oh God. Today we pray that there's a release of the Spirit of God in the lives of those on this call, oh God, that indeed true repentance comes from the presence of that Spirit by the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Amen. In the name of Jesus, Father. Thank you, oh God, because your spirit is at work in your children, oh God. Your spirit is at work in your children, oh God. We are not walking proudly in prideful ways, oh God. We are humble before you. We are humble before you, oh God. We are humble before you to say, Lord, we have walked in ways that are not pleasing to you, oh God. We have sinned against you, oh God. We have sinned against one another, Father, King of glory. We seek forgiveness today. Like the prodigal Amen. son, oh God, we are running to you, oh God. We Amen. open our mouths and say, Father, we seek your forgiveness. Uh, we have Amen. failed you uh, in the things that you have called us to do. Some of us is in procrastination. Some of us is in mm. our ability to move. What, the Lord what? has said to us, do this, do that. I have called you to be a light to nations. I have called you to yeah, do oh, to, to, to be a, a source of redemption to your nation and we've just failed to move. I've called you to be a king in the marketplace. I've called you to be a minister of the gospel. I've called you to disciple men and we've just failed to move. But we are living a holy and a righteous life, not realizing that our inability to action the things that God has asked us to do is sin before him. And so today we ask for forgiveness, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Amen. The next prayer is for courage, <clears throat> courage to take the visible, actionable steps that required in that is required in walking in that true forgiveness. What are the things that we need to do? There are some. So there are some. Some of us we need to stop doing certain things, and then for some of us we need to start doing certain things, and then others we need to replace certain things with other things. All of us know the areas that the Holy Spirit is highlighting to us right now. But there are actionable steps that we need to do. Stopping a matter in this context is an action. That, that, that maybe you're, you're, you're a person that just, you're just constantly living a life that does not bring glory to God. It doesn't bring glory to the Father. And that there are things you can point in your day that are not right before him. That to stop, it takes the courage and the strength from the Holy Spirit. No, 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 on our own, we can't do it. Our human flesh would fail us. So today we pray, Lord, that you release unto us the courage, just like the prodigal son, where he stood up and he said, I've had enough. I've had enough. I'm going to do right by my father. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to walk towards the right path by the power of the Holy Spirit. Today we pray in the name of Jesus that courage is unleashed, strength is unleashed in the presence of God in the name of Jesus. 
Labrado Safaki Labado Paha, make a rock of Rebado Shatanaha, Leba Kuprebadu Shatika Nabado Savanaha, Lebreco Sofandusha. Lord, I'm going to stop being so angry. Lord, I'm going to stop being so wicked. Lord, I'm going to stop being so mean. Lord, I'm going to stop being so envious. Lord, I'm going to stop being so just aloof with the things that are happening around me. Lord, I'm going to be tender. I'm going to start being kind. I'm going to start being loving. I'm going to start spending time in the spirit, praying. I'm going to raise others. I'm going to be generous to those around me. I'm going to shine the light around. I'm going to be the person that gives courage and hope to those around me. Lord, I'm going to stop that relationship that does not glorify you. God, I'm going to stop the things that I do that are wrong. I'm going to stop stealing from my office. I'm going to stop doing things that are wrong in your sight. I'm going to stop stealing from my country, Nigeria. I'm going to walk in righteousness by the courage of God that is let loose in my life today. In the name of Jesus, I am empowered by the Holy Spirit to do right by you. To do right by you. Father, I'm empowered by the Spirit of God. The Bible says, that walk ye in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. It is by the spirit of God and the spirit of God is here in this place. He's made available to all of us here in this place in the name of Jesus. Amen. We will walk in power. We will walk in power. We will walk in power in the name of Jesus Amen. to do that which is right by God, not by power, not by might, but by the spirit. It is all by the spirit. We come into a place of prayer to draw from the spirit, to draw the spirit, to live in the spirit, to walk in the spirit, to be filled by the spirit and to be full of the spirit in the name of Jesus. It is only then that we can walk in true repentance. We are full of the spirit. By power and might, we are full of the spirit of God. Amen. He makes it available to us today in the name of Jesus. Amen. We are not without the helper. We are not without help in the day of trouble. We are Amen. not without help. We are empowered by the spirit of God. We are strengthened Amen. by the spirit of God. We Amen. have direction by the spirit of God. He's our light. He's our illumination in the name of Jesus. We're Amen. not grouping in the dark. Hallelujah. Amen. We know what to do. We are strengthened yes. and encouraged in yes. the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And our last prayer point is uh, the grace and the strength. The grace actually the grace to just live that life that God has called us to live. It is by grace. It is by faith and grace in God. No man can do this thing on their own. It is when God extends his grace to us and then we in turn, we give him faith or we become a powerful, powerful force upon the face of the earth. We no longer become seen as trying to find our way back to the father. We no longer, we are, not, we are not prodigal sons. We don't do prodigal living. And we are not sons in the house that don't understand their place. We become children with a full identity of God. In the knowledge of that identity, walking in that identity, living in that identity, executing in that identity, it takes the grace of God. 
And so today we begin to declare and decree that that grace is made available to us in the name of Jesus. Because Amen. we have come to the Father with through repentance. We have come to the Father seeking forgiveness. He has released that grace upon his children in yes. the name of Jesus. Yes, we are walking in power. We are walking in grace in the name of Jesus. Because they will wonder how we walk consistently in the light and in the life of Christ. And we will show them that it is by the grace of God that is working us. It is a grace that gives wind to our sail in the name of Jesus. It is a grace that sets us ablaze every day of our life. And we begin to walk in the fire of the Holy Spirit. It is a consuming fire that never expires, never burns out. In the name of Jesus, I release the grace of the Father. The grace of the Father, the grace of the Father upon all of us here, that we are the ones that begin to draw others into repentance in the name of Jesus. We are not the ones constantly seeking repentance, but we become the light that begins to show people the way to repentance in the name of Jesus. We become from fishes to fishers of men. Your grace, oh God, it is by your grace that we have saved, oh God. It is by your grace through faith that we are saved, that we rise into a place of sonship, that we rise and walk in righteousness in the name of Jesus. It is by your grace and it is unleashed in this place in the name of Jesus. We have the identity of Christ. We know who we are. We walk as sons upon the face of the earth. We are dependent on God and God alone. But we are empowered on the world in the world to do great and mighty things for the kingdom. In the name of Jesus, we shine as light. We are the salt of the earth. Yes. We are kings and priests unto God. Uh, we yeah. understand our place. Uh, we are the children that manifest the light and the glory of God. In yeah. the name of Jesus, the Bible Amen. says concerning us that we are a city set on the hill and we cannot be healed. It cannot be healed. That people will see the light and they will give glory to God the Father. We move from the place of sin to repentance, from the place of the repentant to the place of the righteous. Hallelujah. That Amen. is who we are. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That means when the world begins to seek a standard, they look to us uh, and they Amen. see the righteousness of God and they begin Amen. to draw their standard from that because we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Because Amen. we are the sons of God, the ones that the earth is waiting for Amen. earnestly to manifest. Amen. We begin to manifest. We begin to manifest the glory of God. We begin Amen. to manifest the power of God. Amen. We begin to manifest the life of God. We Amen. begin to manifest the splendor of God. Amen. Father, we thank you. Thank, thank you, Lord. Oh, Father, we bless your holy name. Because we are translated into the kingdom of your son, oh God. And even as we spend time in the word today, as we behold him, we become transformed into his image. Jesus yes. is the word. And even as we beheld the word, 
we beheld Jesus and we are transformed into his image. Amen. We are transformed mm. into his image. We don't try to live a righteous life. We, we live life in righteousness. Amen. We live life in righteousness. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for lives that are transformed today. Thank you for your glory comes upon us, oh God. Thank you, oh God, because you're glorified in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you so much.